Eric Halla is back to practicing and he seems to be in great spirits. And also Timo Meyer might be paired alongside Jack Hughes in the game against the Boston Bruins. Speaking of which, the Devils need to bring the bean to Beantown in Newark because this is going to be a great challenge for them against the top team in the Atlantic Division. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. So the New Jersey Devils had a practice in preparation for their big game, I guess, today when this episode goes live, against the Boston Bruins. So in today's episode, in the first segment, we're going to look at the line combinations that Lindy Ruff was rolling with, and I'm going to share my thoughts on a matter, highlight a few players one of which includes Eric Halla, who returned to action because, if you guys recall, he did not suit up in the previous game against the Edmonton Oilers due to an upper body injury. In the second segment, we're going to listen to a soundbite from Eric Halla, courtesy of the New Jersey Devils' social media team, because he said something quite intriguing, and I think it's very important for a veteran leader to share that sort of thought pattern because the standings are very tight in the Metropolitan Division, and the Devils have, once again, another challenge ahead of them in the Bruins. And then in the third and final segment, speaking of the Bruins, courtesy of the Devils PR team, we're going to look at some interesting facts heading into the matchup. And then I'm going to share some players that I have my eyes set for in that game, because the Devils are going to need a lot of physicality and they're going to have to come out guns blazing if they want to come out victorious against a Bruins team that they have not beaten since 2021. Yes, you heard me correctly. So let's look at what the Devils were rocking with at practice, courtesy of Amanda Stein. So on the top line, Tyler Toffoli, Jack Hughes, Timo Meyer. Second line, the captain line, my favorite line to have been watching the last few games. Andre Palat, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt. Third line, Eric Halla, Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz. And then the fourth line, Curtis Lazar, Michael McLeod, Nathan Bashan. Defensive pairing, Jonas Siegenthaler, Shimon the Mets, Kevin Ball, John Marino, Luke Hughes, Colin Miller, Tierney and Smith were the extra defensemen. So, here are a couple things I want to highlight. First and foremost, Eric Halla is back to action, and that is actually quite essential for the Devils because I said it a few weeks ago. I said that the Devils have been dealing with a lot of injury. They've been hit with the injury bug, and losing someone like Eric Halla, while the casual NHL fan might not realize the importance of Halla's impact, we in New Jersey certainly know like how important of a piece Eric Halla is. So it's great to have him back into the lineup because – once again, going up against this Bruins team, you need a lot of physicality. You need all the grit. You need all the determination. And Eric Halla certainly brings that to the table. And some more good news to share. Eric Halla, according to Amanda Stein, he was going full force. He wasn't holding back. So that is definitely a good sign. I think we're going to see Halla back in the lineup for the Devils against the Bruins. And it's good to have him back into the mix once more. But I think the big talking point was Timo Meyer because he is now playing on the right wing on the top line alongside with Tyler Toffoli and Jack Hughes. Now, 
I talked about Timo Meyer in the previous episode, and I said that he has definitely been slumping during the month of December ever since he returned from injury because these past five or so games, he has put up little to nothing, and his plus-minus isn't all that great either. And it seems like he's not playing as physical as I'm accustomed to seeing. So it's been raising a lot of discussion as to whether or not he is fully healthy. Is he still, is he still dealing with his injury? What's going on with Timo? A lot of people are ready to just throw him into the sun and just say he is the worst contract in NHL history or Devils history uh, to each their own. But anyway, I'm just here to say that I think Timo Meyer being put on to the top line with Jack Hughes, this is definitely going to give him a chance to really break out of his slump because he's playing at his natural position. And we've already seen the dynamic between Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer work. In fact, I was anticipating for Timo Meyer to play on the same line as Jack Hughes going into the season. Because I said, like, when you look at the playoffs, the dynamic, it worked really well. Because you got Jack Hughes, he's he's a wizard with the puck. He knows how to razzle and dazzle his way through the offensive end. And then you got someone who's as physical as Timo Meyer who can hang in front of the net. So even if Jack Hughes doesn't score a goal, he can just throw it in front of the crease. Meyer can finish up the garbage and Jack Hughes will still walk away with an assist on that possession. I saw that work really well in round two against the Carolina Hurricanes. In fact, it was one of the few right spots for the Devils. But ever since Timo Meyer has returned from his injury, and I guess for a majority of the year, he's been playing on the third line. And I know that as a good player, you're supposed to be very adaptable and you're supposed to like just thrive in whatever position the coach puts you in. But I think if Meyer is paired alongside with Jack Hughes, I think there's definitely going to be some more good that comes out of it, especially in this matchup against the Bruins. I think Lindy Ruff is picking up on that. So that's just speculation on my end. And that just goes back to what I've seen work for the Devils in the past. So I really hope that Timo Meyer being put on the right wing alongside with Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli, who are two great point productive players. I really hope this is the thing that can break Meyer out of his slump, because as we all know, in the sport of hockey, when you are slumping and trust me, uh, every player is prone to, go through a slump at some point. We just saw Connor McDavid open up the season. He didn't really get off to the best of starts. In fact, I think he had to deal with an injury as well. If I, if my memory serves me well, but now he's getting his name back into the heart trophy and he might become the favorite in a few weeks once more. So my thing is like the thing about slumping in hockey, it just takes one goal, just one goal or one point of any source to break you out of it and get you going. We saw Dawson Mercer do this during the month of November. It just took Mercer one goal to get it going, and he really stepped up in the absence of Jack Hughes. Now, we're just waiting for Mercer to provide that sort of production consistently, but I think for Meyer and what he was able to do prior to the injury, he was definitely a good callus on the power play. He was definitely somewhat physical. He was one of the few bright spots for the Devils while they were slumping. So I really hope that him just being paired alongside Jack Hughes will really break him out of his cold streak. And now, Let's talk about Brandon Smith, because like I just said moments ago, he and Chris Tierney were being used as extra defensemen. I'm going to get so much crap for this. I'm going to get a lot of slack, but I don't care. Just I, I just ask, be respectful in the comment section. I know I said what I said a few weeks ago, like a lot of other people, a part of the devil's discourse. I know I'm not alone in this, but I think Brandon Smith should be in the lineup for the devils against the Bruins, and he should be a Ford. I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay. Get all your roasts in while you still can. I I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm circling back uh, my opinion. My thing is, is like, I think it's been very evident 
that Brendan Smith is better utilized as a forward for the Devils because he's very physical. He's been racking up a couple points here and there. The only issue with Brendan Smith is that he gets penalties at the wrong possible time. And we've seen this happen twice within the past few or so games. Because if you guys recall, in the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, the game in which Luke Hughes scored the overtime winner, Brendan Smith got a slashing penalty on Travis Konecki within the final few moments of period three, which put the Flyers onto the power play. And thus, the Flyers were able to tie up the game. And I know that he wasn't the instigator in that sort of case, but he did ultimately use his stick to uh, shove Konecki down. The NHL actually sentenced him to a hearing, and he was suspended for two games as a result. Then he comes back in the game against the Kraken, and what happens? Well, a little less than halfway done with period three, he gets a tripping call, and that put the Kraken on the power play. Brendan Smith was benched the rest of the game because the Devils were struggling to generate any sort of momentum on Philip Grubauer, and they had to rely a lot on Akira Schmidt to try to close the door on the Kraken. So that just added insult to injury. So I think Lindy Ruff just got fed up with it and just said, you're a veteran player. You should not be getting these penalties at the most inopportune times that put the team at a huge disadvantage because on the one hand, you just gave the Flyers a point and the Metro is very tight, which we're going to see in segment two. And then for the Kraken game, the Kraken were on the doorstep for the Devils, and they did everything correctly except score. So I think that was the last straw for Lindy Ruff. But my thing is, like, in this game against the Bruins, I need some physicality, especially from the Fords. And if it's not going to come from Timo Meyer, if it's not going to really come from Nathan Bastian, then why not put Brandon Smith into the lineup? Because I know Lindy is really high on Brandon Smith, so why stop now? He's actually been doing somewhat solid in terms of his production, as a Ford, the only thing that just hinders is that he just gets penalties at the wrong time, and that sort of negates all the good he does. So I get it. Roast me all you want. Go back to an episode that I did a few weeks ago or a month ago in which I said that Brendan Smith should be a scratch, but I know I'm not alone when sharing my opinion. So just putting that out there, that's just my food for thought when looking at those lineup combinations in preparation for the Boston Bruins. So we're going to talk more about Eric Halla and his importance to the team momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. So passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whatever, whatever you're into, it could be speed, power, or style. eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Okay, so shortly after the practice, Eric Holland had a media availability, and he shared his update regarding his injury and also the state of the team. Here's what he had to say. Check it out. Eric, when it comes to the whole trip that you guys just went on, how would you kind of evaluate how things went? Obviously, you know, we got some big wins there, but what does that sort of do to set you guys up here? Yeah, I think it went really well. Three out of four, and we played better as a team, and team defense was better. 
uh, played simpler, and uh, I think it worked for us pretty well. How much is playing simpler allowing that team defense to sort of come to fruition? Yeah, I I think it it's been helpful. You know, when sometimes when you struggle and when you're trying to find your way, uh, it's easier to just kind of you know take a step back and then take a couple forward uh, instead of just trying to like do more and more and more. So uh, that's why that simple, I guess, is a good word for us and. and uh, it means a lot of things, obviously, but but um, but yeah, it worked. For you to be able to get back today, it looked like you were fully participating. That has to be encouraging for you right now. Yeah, um, it's been an interesting year in a lot of ways, for uh, personally, and and uh, but but uh, I never want to miss miss time, and and I I try to do everything I can to get back out as soon as I can when when I miss games. So. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, things kind of start going away a little bit. So I just want to talk about his health. First and foremost, like I said in segment one, it's very important that Eric Holla remains healthy alongside with a lot of other Devils players because the Devils have been hit with the injury bug. So the fact that Eric Holla was only out for one game and he was going full force at practice, I guess it was maybe more of a precaution reason because you don't want to – uh, ultimately have him be sidelined for months on end for a minor injury that he re-aggravates. But that's just pure speculation on my end. But I think the end-all be-all is that the fact that he only missed the game and he was back at practice going 100%, not holding back, I think that is a good sign that the injury wasn't serious. It was just an upper body injury. We don't know the severity of it. We don't know the specifics of it. But bottom line, I'm glad that Eric Halla is back. Now, during that soundbite, he said something interesting. So he shared his thoughts on the past few games, and he says that, that the Devils have been playing a lot more simple because in their 6-5 to five victory over the Vancouver Canucks, that was obviously an ugly win, but they squeaked out the victory. But after that, I, I'd say that the Devils had really hunkered down because in the game against the Al Kraken, albeit they relied a lot on Akira Schmidt, they came away with a 2-1 to one victory. The Calgary Flames got off to a pretty rocky start. They were very slow, lethargic, but they came away with a 4-2 victory thanks to Nico Kiescher mainly. And then in the game against the Edmonton Oilers, just ran into one of the hottest uh, teams in the NHL, hot goaltending from a backup. And ultimately, they just couldn't get anything going. And at least they didn't get shut out. I think that's the only main positive takeaway I could get from that. But Eric Halla is right. The Devils have been playing a lot more simpler because I was tired of the Devils giving up a lot of goals, but yet scoring a decent amount themselves. So in the game against the San Jose Sharks, they lost six to three. Three goals should be enough for you to win a game, but yet you're giving up six goals to the Sharks, albeit the Sharks uh, December, they seem to have turned it around big time. And in their more recent matchup, I believe, against the Vegas Golden Knights, they took that team into a shootout. So they walked away with a point against the reigning Stanley Cup champions. But digressing a little bit, I think it's clear that the Devils have been sometimes spiraling out of control. Like there's been times when they've just been very, they've been spinning their wheels. And I go back to that three game losing streak that they had uh, towards the middle of November when they lost the Rangers, Red Wings, and then Blue Jackets. So losing to the Rangers, I guess that's understandable because the Rangers are the top team in the Metro. But then the Red Wings and Blue Jackets, I'm sure those are games in which the Devils knew that they could have possibly won and getting shut out against the Red Wings and Losing that shutout streak, that definitely uh, put some salt in the wound. But basically what Hala is saying is that the Devils need to take it one game at a time because it is tight right now in the Metropolitan Division. So when we look at the standings, and keep in mind, I am recording this episode a couple hours before the Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, and Philadelphia Flyers play their respective games 
later tonight as I'm recording this episode. So this is uh, most likely going to change come uh, the morning when this episode goes live. But nonetheless, Rangers top with 39 points. Islanders, 33 points behind them. Flyers, 32 points. Capitals, 31 points. Then the Devils, 29 points. Hurricanes, 29 points. Penguins, 25 points. Blue Jackets, 23 points. So the Devils are starting to break away from the Penguins and Blue Jackets, which, which is good. But at the same time, when you look at uh, the Hurricanes, which, once again, I don't know if this is going to either hurt or help the Devils. The Hurricanes are on a four-game losing streak, and yet they're still tied with the Devils in the Metro with 29 points. And then a couple teams ahead of the Devils, Flyers and Capitals, they've been surprising me, quite honestly. I didn't anticipate for either one of those teams to be all that good. Islanders were a playoff team last year, so I was just like, um, it's flip a coin. I didn't know where, what direction they would be heading in. But still, Eric Halla is absolutely right, which is the Devils need to take it one game at a time. And every win at this point is very crucial, similar to what happened last season around this time. The Devils were kind of struggling. It seemed like that they were going back to their losing ways, but yet they still had a lot of points to work with thanks to the 13-game win streak. Every season is different, and unfortunately, the Devils don't have many points to work with, so they got to capitalize on any opportunities that they could potentially get. That's why I said during the Western trip, it was actually a successful few games for Devils because they won the games that they were supposed to win. So against the Canucks and Oilers, try to split one of those games, and then you got to win against the Kraken and Flames. No ands, or buts about it because you've already played away with some of the points that you were supposed to rack up against the Sharks and Blue Jackets and possibly the Red Wings. So my thing is like Hala is absolutely 100% right. Got to take it game by game, especially in this challenge against the Bruins. Now, if the Devils do end up losing, I guess it's not the end of the world because the next few games, with the exception of the Oilers before Christmas, do fall into the Devils' favor, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But I think for right now, the Devils really got to try to elevate their game a little bit more just because like they're winning the games that they're supposed to be winning for the most part. But now it's a matter of like, can you beat like the best of the best? And the Bruins are are the best team in the Atlantic division. And the Devils have been able to beat some teams in the Metro that have been ahead of them. So like the Islanders and Flyers, for example, and also the Penguins when the Penguins were one of the hottest teams in the NHL at some point, but now they sort of fallen off. So I'm excited to see how the Devils fare. And like I previously said, the standings will change uh, when this episode goes live. So I'm sure the, the circumstances might be a little bit different. But for the time being, I think the Devils, they're in a good spot right now. They're racking up more wins. They've won six of their last eight, but they got to try to win against these top-notch teams, like top of the division. So like the New York Rangers or the Boston Bruins, they kind of did it against the um, against the Vancouver Canucks because the Canucks are one of the top teams in the Pacific. But still, that's just what I want to see from Devils, which is can you compete against the best of the best and not just the teams that are just a little ahead of you or maybe at your level or below it. So if that makes sense, and we're going to talk more about uh, how the Devils fare against the Boston Bruins momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about the sleep wrap. So like I said in the previous episode, I made my fantasy football playoff, and now let's transition to NHL. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities, so Jack Hughes could score 50 goals, Devils could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. You don't just have to play fantasy hockey. You can also play daily fantasy football, basketball, baseball, college football, 
on Sleeper. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Akira Schmidt will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win a 100 times bet on your Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Devil Sands. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Okay, so like I've been saying the last couple of episodes, it's kind of a big game for the Devils because here's a fun fact for you guys. The Devils were 0-3 against Boston last season. The Bruins were one of four teams that New Jersey failed to defeat during the 2022-2023 season. The other three teams were the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, and Nashville Predators. And the Bruins were the only Eastern Conference opponent that the Devils did not earn a win against last season. So to add insult to injury, the last time the Devils earned a victory against Boston was on May 4th, 2021, after a 4-3 overtime win. That contest also saw former Devil and now current Bruins forward Pavel Zaka net the game winner. So May 2021, that is the 56-game COVID-shortened season. So we're talking about it's been two full years since the Devils beat the Bruins. Yeah, this is definitely going to be an uphill battle for the Devils because when we look at some of the stats compared to the Bruins, so goals against per games played for the Devils, 3.62. That is 31st in the entire league, so second to last. But goals for per games played, 3.54. That's fourth in the NHL. So I said this a few episodes ago. This Devils team is a perfect balance between a very good team and a very bad team. They can score on anyone like any given moment, but it doesn't matter if you let up all those goals. Shot attempts per games played, 29.7, 11th in the league. Shots four per games played, 32, 11th in the league. Then when we look at Boston, goals against per games played, 2.5, third in the NHL. Goals four per games played, 3.31, 11th in the NHL. Shots attempted per games played, 32, 25th in the NHL. Shots for per games played, 31.7, 12th in the NHL. So the Devils, once again, they're going to have their work cut out for them against this Bruins team. So I think the main talking point for the Devils going up against Boston is physicality. Rough and tough type of hockey. So I'm going to look at someone like Kevin Balls because Kevin Ball currently leads the Devils with 53 hits this season. He recorded a career high eight hits on November 18th against the Rangers. That was another big game that the Devils had against a, a first place opponent. So I expect this sort of the same outcome for Ball because it seems like he steps up his game when it matters most. So I'm anticipating for Ball to do the same thing that he did from the Rangers game against Bruins, which is you come out and you hit people and you assert yourself. And then Curtis Lazar. He leads all Devils forwards with 51 hits. Now, he did get dinged up in practice a little bit, so we'll see what happens. But for the time being, I'm anticipating that he does play. But uh, he needs to assert himself physically as well. Jonas Siegenthaler, he leads New Jersey with 44 blocks. And John Marino is second with 34. So, I once again, you got to clog up those lanes. You cannot give the Boston Bruins an inch of breathing room to work with. And now, the line that should start the game, 
is the captain line. Nico Heischer alongside with Jasper Bratt and Andre Pilat. I know I've been high on Nico Heischer and his line mates the last few episodes, but it's so true. So I want to go back to a game that I saw in person, which was Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and Andre Pilat against the Buffalo Sabres. They started off the game and they asserted themselves from the opening faceoff. And the after that, the Sabres had no chance because what I saw from Nico Heischer and his line, and I continue to see it now, is that they run fast. They know how to assert themselves both offensively and defensively. Seems like the four checks are a lot better when they're out on the rink. You've got a good defense, defensive-minded forward in Andre Palat. Nico Heischer, he's a great two-way player. And Jesper Bratt, he's on a five-game point streak, so he could carry the load offensively. So that's the line that I think is the perfect combo to rock with to start off the game against the Boston Bruins because the Devils need to set the tempo early. That is also a main talking point, which is you got to play physical, you got to play rough and tough, and you got to be the ones to score first. Because if you allow Boston to score first, then it might be over before it even starts. And then I think another player, and take it how you want to take it. I don't care if you ridicule me in the comment section, if you're watching on YouTube. Another player that I need to look out for is Timo Meyer because he's back with Jack Hughes on right wing. And I think Timo is hopefully back to his uh, old self and he can be somewhat physical. I don't care about the points. I don't care about the goals or the, the, the assists for Timo. I care more about the physicality. I care about him using his big body frame to create those open looks for him and his teammates. And if he's able to do so, then Jack Hughes can have a multi-point performance. So those are some of my thoughts going into the game against the Bruins, a team that is top in the Atlantic division. And I think another thing is that the Devils cannot rely on their power play to save them because the Devils have hit a cold streak for the first time this season when it comes to their power play because they are 0 for their last nine power play opportunities. Obviously, this is the longest streak they've gone this season without scoring a power play goal. But it's worth mentioning that the Bruins are the top penalty kill in the entire NHL. So they're not going to give the Devils an inch of breathing room. If the Oilers weren't doing it, if the Kraken weren't doing it, if the Flames weren't doing it, then guess what? The, the Bruins sure as hell ain't going to do it. So that's something else going into the matchup that people should be on the lookout for. So Devils, five on five, needs to be better. Physicality, rough and tough. Rely on Nico, rely on Kevin Ball, rely on Jonas Siegenthaler, rely on Curtis Lazar, rely on Timo Meyer, just to basically bring the bean to Bean Town. I know that was a that was a bad joke, and I know they're playing in New Jersey, but I couldn't resist. So let me know what you guys think. What are some of your thoughts heading into the matchup against the Bruins? What did you think about what Eric Hollis said during his soundbite? And what are your anticipations in terms of the lineup combinations for New Jersey? heading forward. Here's your guys' thoughts, so leave a comment down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X-Page app at TreyMap4 or the show's X-Page app at Locked on Devils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.